Hello, and welcome to 300 Dandelion Seeds Podcast. I'm your host, Janet Smith. Today, you're listening to one of our 365 daily devotions. In this podcast, our 365 devotions guide you through God's Word within a year. We are journeying through the Bible devotional in one year. This podcast started in December 2018 and goes through December 2019. You can jump in anywhere you like, but once you start listening, continue to listen each day for your daily devotion. Join us for episode 111, 2019, right now. Bitter Pills Next week's family reunion has you wrestling with a couple of conflicting emotions. You'll love seeing Erica. It seems that no matter how long it's been, you just pick up where you left off. But it's just the opposite with Cousin Dale. He's still bitter. Has he forgiven you? Or will it be awkward? Again. This is the last part of Jacob's story. And much has changed. Having fled to Laban... Jacob now flees from him. Having exploited Esau, Jacob now seeks to be reconciled. Having left home single and poor, he now returns with the family and wealth. The only constant from the past is his uncertainty. Jacob wonders what Esau will do, whether he still harbors anger and will seek revenge. But Jacob has learned to trust in God. This story has much to say about everyday life and relationships. Look for lessons on dealing with jealousy, working hard, releasing children, letting go of bitterness, reconciling, and forgiving. Read Genesis 31, 1 through 36, 43. Genesis 31 through 36, 43. 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all his wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent word to Rachel and Leah to come out to the fields where his flocks were. He said to them, I see that your father's attitude towards me is not what it was before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked for your father with all of my strength, Yet your father has cheated me by changing my wages ten times. However, God has not allowed him to harm me. If he said, the speckled ones will be your wages, then all the flocks gave birth to speckled young. And if he said, the streaked ones will be your wages, then all of the flocks bore streaked young. So God has taken away your father's livestock and has given them to me. In breeding season, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, or spotted. The angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob. I answered, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have seen that all Laban has been doing to you. I am the God of Bethel where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. 
Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah replied, Do we still have any share in the inheritance of our father's estate? Does he not regard us as foreigners? Not only has he sold us, but he has used up what was paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God took away from our father belongs to us and our children. So do whatever God has told you. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels and drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Padanaram, to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household gods. Moreover, Jacob deceived Laban, the Armin, by not telling him he was running away. So he fled with all he had, crossed the Euphrates River, and headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Taking his relatives with him, he pursued Jacob for seven days and caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. Then God came to Laban, the Armin, in a dream at night and said to him, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead when Laban overtook him, and Laban and his relatives camped there too. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You've deceived me, and you've carried off my daughters like captives in war. Why did you run off secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me, so I could send you away with joy and singing to the music of timbrels and harps? You didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters goodbye. You have done a foolish thing. I have the power to harm you, but last night the God of your father said to me, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you have gone off because you longed to return to your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered Laban, I was afraid because I thought you would take your daughters away from me by force. But if you find anyone who has your gods, that person shall not live. In the presence of our relatives, see for yourself whether there is anything of yours here with me. And if so, take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two female servants. But he found nothing. After he came out of Leah's tent, he entered Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them inside her camel's saddle and was sitting on them. Laban searched through everything in the tent, but found nothing. Rachel said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord, that I cannot stand up in your presence. I'm having my period. So he searched, but could not find the household gods. Jacob was angry and took Laban to task. What is my crime? he asked Laban. How have I wronged you that you now hunt me down? Now that you have searched through all my goods, what have you found that belongs to your household? Put it here in front of your relatives and mine, and let them judge between the two of us. I have been with you for twenty years now. Your sheep and goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. I did not bring you animals torn by wild beasts. I bore the loss myself, and you demanded payment from me for whatever was stolen by day or night. This was my situation. The heat consumed me in the daytime and the cold at night, and sleep fled from my eyes. It was like this for the twenty years I was in your household. I worked for you fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks. 
and you charged my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hand, and last night he rebuked you. Laban answered Jacob, The women are my daughters, the children are my children, and the flocks are my flock. All you see is mine. Yet what can I do today about these daughters of mine, or about the children they have bore? Come now, let's make a covenant, you and I, and let it serve as a witness between us. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. He said to his relatives, Gather some stones. So they took stones and piled them in a heap, and they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jager Sahadutha, and Jacob called it Galid. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. This is why it was called Galid. It was also called Mizpah, because he said, May the Lord keep watch between you and me when we are away from each other. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take any wives besides my daughters, even though no one is with us, remember that God is a witness between you and me. Laban also told Jacob, Here is this heap, and here is this pillar I have set up between you and me. This heap is a witness, and this pillar is a witness, that I will not go past this heap to your side to harm you, and you will not go past this heap and pillar to my side to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob took an oath in the name of the fear of his father, Isaac. He offered a sacrifice there in the hill country and invited his relatives to a meal. After they had eaten, they spent the night there. Early the next morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. 32. Jacob also went on his way, and the angels of God met him. When Jacob saw them, he said, This is the camp of God. So he named that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He instructed them, This is what you are to say to my lord Esau. Your servant, Jacob says, I have been staying with Laban and have remained there till now. I have cattle and donkeys, sheep and goats, male and female servants. Now I am sending this message to my Lord, that I may find favor in your eyes. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau, and now he's coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups, and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought, if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives, and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I have only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me, and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper, and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, 
and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space between the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to and where are you going? And who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau, and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third, and all others who followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and be sure to say, Your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him, but he himself spent the night in the camp. That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, Please tell me your name. But he replied, Why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, It is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. 33. Jacob looked up, and there was Esau coming with his 400 men, so he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children, who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next, Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious to me, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted it.
Then Esau said, Let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender, and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of his servant, while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord in Seir. Esau said, Then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Sukkoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Sukkoth. After Jacob came down from Padan Aram, he arrived safely in the city of Sheshem in Canaan and camped within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Sheshem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it El Elohe Israel. 34. Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, had born to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the land. When Sheshem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, the ruler of that area, saw her, he took her and raped her. His heart was drawn to Dina, daughter of Jacob. He loved the young woman and spoke tenderly to her. And Sheshem said to his father Hamor, Get me this girl as my wife. When Jacob heard that his daughter Dina had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock, so he did nothing about it until they came home. Then Sheshem's father Hamor went out to talk with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the fields as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious because Sheshem had done an outrageous thing in Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, a thing that should not be done. But Hamor said to them, My son Sheshem has his heart set on your daughter. Please give her to him as his wife. Intermarry with us, give us your daughters, and take our daughters for yourselves. You can settle among us. The land is open to you. Live in it, trade in it, and acquire property in it. Then Sheshem said to Dina's father and brothers, Let me find favor in your eyes, and I will give you whatever you ask. Make the price for the bride and the gift I am to bring as great as you like, and I'll pay whatever you ask. Only give me the young woman as my wife. Because their sister Dina had been defiled, Jacob's sons replied deceitfully as they spoke to Sheshem and his father Hamor. They said to him, We can't do such a thing. We can't give our sister to a man who is not circumcised. That would be a disgrace to us. We will enter into an agreement with you on one condition only, that you become like us by circumcising all your males. Then we will give you our daughters and take your daughters for ourselves. We'll settle among you and become one people with you. But if you will not agree to be circumcised, we'll take our sister and go. Their proposal seemed good to Hamor and his son Sheshem. The young man, who was the most honored of all his father's family, lost no time in doing what they asked, because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. So Hamor and his son Sheshem went to the gate of their city to speak to the men of their city. These men are friendly toward us. They said, let them live in our land and trade in it. The land has plenty of room for them. We can marry their daughters and they can marry ours. But the men will agree to live with us as one people only on the condition that our males be circumcised as they are themselves. 
won't their livestock, their property, and all their other animals become ours? So let us agree to their terms, and they will settle among us. All the men who went out the city gate agreed with Hamar and his son Sheshem, and every male in the city was circumcised. Three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dina's brothers, took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. They put Hamar and his son Sheshem to the sword and took Dina from Sheshem's house and left. The son of Jacob came upon the dead bodies and looted the city where their sister had been defiled. They seized their flocks and herds and donkeys and everything else of theirs in the city and out into the fields. They carried off all their wealth and all their women and children, taking as plunder everything in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me obnoxious to the Canaanites and Perizzites, the people living in this land. We are few in number, and if they join forces against me and attack me, I and my household will be destroyed. But they replied, Should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? 35. Then God said to Jacob, Go up to Bethel and settle there, and build an altar there to God, who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods you have with you, and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come, let us go up to Bethel, while I will build an altar to God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all the foreign gods they had, and the rings in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak of Seshem. Then they set out, and the terror of God fell on the towns all around them, so that no one pursued them. Jacob and all the people with him came to Luz, that is Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar, and he called the place El Bethel, because it was there that God revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Now Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under the oak outside Bethel. So it was named Alan Bakuth. After Jacob returned to Padan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob, but you will no longer be called Jacob. Your name will be Israel. So he named him Israel. And God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and increase in number. A nation and a community of nations will come from you and kings will be among your descendants. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I also give to you, and I will give this land to your descendants after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had talked with him. Jacob set up a stone pillar at the place where God had talked with him, and he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the place where God had talked with him Bethel. Then they moved on from Bethel, while they were still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, Don't despair, for you have another son, as she breathed her last, for she was dying. She named her son Ben-Ani, but his father's name was Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Over her tomb, Jacob set up a pillar, and to this day that pillar marks Rachel's tomb. Israel moved on again and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder, 
While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilhah, and Israel heard of it. Jacob had twelve sons, the sons of Leah, Reuben the firstborn of Jacob, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the sons of Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin, the sons of Rachel's servant Bilhah, Dan and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's servant Zilpah, Gad and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Padan Aram. Jacob came home to his father Isaac in Mamre near Kirath Araba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. Isaac lived a hundred and eighty years, then he breathed his last and died and was gathered to his people, old and full of years, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. 36. This is the account of the family line of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the women of Canaan, Adah, daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and Oolibama, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion, the Hivite, and also Basmeth, daughter of Ishmael, and sister of Nebaioth. Ada bore Elpaz to Esau, Basmeth bore Ruel, and Oolibama bore Jewish, Jalam, and Korah. These were the sons of Esau, who were born to him in Canaan. Esau took his wives and his sons and daughters and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock and all his other animals and all the goods he had acquired in Canaan, and moved to a land some distance from his brother Jacob. Their possessions were too great for them to remain together. The land where they were staying could not support them both because of their livestock. So Esau, that is Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Elipaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basimath, the sons of Elipaz, Timon, Omar, Zepo, Gatam, and Kenaz. Esau's sons, Elipaz, also had a concubine named Timnah, who bore him Amalek. These were grandsons of Esau's wife, Ada. The sons of Ruel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These were grandsons of Esau's wife, Basmath. The sons of Esau's wife, Oolibama, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion, whom she bore to Esau, Jewish, Jalam, and Korah. These were the chiefs among Esau's descendants, the sons of Elipaz, the firstborns of Esau, chiefs Taman, Omar, Zeopo, Kenaz, Korah, Gadam, and Amalek. These were the chiefs' descendants from Elipaz and Edom. They were grandsons of Ada. The sons of Esau's son Ruel, chiefs Nahath, Zerah, Shamath, and Mizah. These were the chief descendants from Ruel in Edom. They were grandsons of Esau's wife Basmoth. The sons of Esau's wife Oolibama, chiefs Jewish, Jalam, and Korah. These were the chief's descendants from Esau's wife Oolibama, daughter of Anna. These were the sons of Esau, that is Edom, and these were their chiefs. These were the sons of Seir, the Horite, who were living in the region, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon. These sons of Seir and Edom were Hortite chiefs. The sons of Lotan, Hori, and Homam, Timnah was Lotan's sister. The sons of Shobal, Alvan, Manahath, Ebal, Shepo, and Onam. 
the sons of Zibion, Anna. This is the Anna who discovered the hot springs in the desert while he was grazing the donkeys of his father, Zibion. The children of Anna, Dishan and Oolibama, daughter of Anna, the sons of Dishan, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Charon, the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavon, and Akan, the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aran. These were the Horite chiefs, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These were the Hortite chiefs, according to their divisions, in the land of Seir. These were the kings who reigned in Edom before any Israelite king reigned. Bela, son of Beor, became king of Edom. His city was named Dinhabah. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah, from Basra, succeeded him as king. When Jobab died, Husham, from the land of Temanites, succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadan, son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, succeeded him as king. His city was named Avith. When Hadad died, Samla from Masarach succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Shual from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Shual died, Bahal Anan, son of Akbor, succeeded him as king. When Baal Hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad succeeded him as king. His city was named Pau, and his wife's name was Mehetabal daughter of Matred, the daughter of Mizahab. These were the chiefs descendants from Esau, by name according to their clans and regions. Timnah, Alva, Jeteth, Oolibama, Elah, Pinon, Kenzaz, Teman, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Aram. These were the chiefs of Edom, according to their settlements in the land they occupied. This is the family line of Esau, the father of the Edomites. When the two brothers meet again, the bitterness over losing his birthright and blessing seems to have been forgotten by Esau. He greets his brother Jacob with a great hug. Imagine how difficult this must have been for a man who once has actually plotted to kill his brother. Instead of being consumed by thoughts of vengeance, however, Esau is content with what he has and is eager to reconcile. Time away from Jacob has allowed Esau's bitter wounds to heal. Jacob even exclaims how great it is to see his brother, obviously pleased with him. Life can bring struggle and pain. We may even feel cheated, as Esau did. But we don't have to hold on to the past and remain bitter. We can remove our bitterness by honestly expressing our feelings to God, forgiving those who have wronged us, and being content with what we have. What grudges have you been nursing? Whom are you refusing to forgive? What revengeful scenarios have you been imagining? Confess your thoughts and feelings to God and allow Him to heal your memories. Be better, not bitter. Thank you for listening to the One Year Through the Bible devotional. Tune in tomorrow.